0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team is preparing for the Denver Broncos Week 1. Head coach Sean Payton, he actually talks about rivalry games. And ESPN ranked all 32 teams in the NFL. Where do the Raiders come in and where do the AFC West, how do they rank? We'll talk all about that, plus a lot more coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for September 5th. 2023
1: you're locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas just raiders win. part of the locked on podcast network you just win. your team you just every win. day just win the autumn is a raider
0: pillaging just for fun you will knock you do- And welcome in Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we thank you. We thank you in a major way. The show has grown so fast, so quick, and such in a hurry. We definitely appreciate that, and that's because of you. It's also because of my man, Ari, who does a great job each and every day making sure we're looking good and sounding good on YouTube. You can check him out at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well on YouTube, at your boy Q25 four. And we got the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Got your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's show. Segment number two, going to take a look at what ESPN put out. All 32 teams, they ranked them. Of course, we're only focusing on the AFC West, and it's the week of week one. So this is the last time to really get a ranking in the rest of the year. I mean, of course, there'll be power polls and where the teams come in here and there, and the other whatever. You know, that doesn't really matter throughout the course of the year. Doesn't really matter now, but this is just kind of their projection. So when want to go over that as far as the AFC West goes. Where do the Chiefs come in? Where do the Chargers come in with the Broncos and the Raiders? And are the Raiders still flying under everyone's radar? All that comes up in segment number two. Of the show here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do. And before we get to any of that, I want to hit you with the title sponsor of the show, which is Bird Dogs. But today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com/slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you, tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But off top. If you're watching on YouTube, you're saying, hold on Q, this doesn't look like Studio Q. This doesn't look like the home studio. Where are you at? I'm in Bristol, Connecticut. I talked about it on Monday's show that I was going to be making the flight on uh, on Monday to go to Minneapolis and then on my way to Bristol, Connecticut, had to get a, a connecting flight. Uh, I went from Vegas to Minneapolis to Hartford, Connecticut, then drove into Bristol. So that's where I'm at right now, getting ready to start my, uh, my ESPN national radio show. It's going to be 10 p.m. Uh, to 1 a.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. to, to 10 p.m pacific time very excited about it's called game night Uh, we have a hell of a lineup i went over it on monday's show but excited for the opportunity to be here so i'll be here all the way through friday morning then headed back to las vegas and i'll tell you right now it's just incredible opportunity to be here uh, check out the campus of espn and be around all these talented people that work for espn so just to know that i'm a part of it has really been a blessing this podcast is a big reason for my success in everything that i've done i've talked about it for for quite a while now being at espn central texas really started helping me lay the 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 foundation and the groundwork for everything that I wanted to do. But this podcast, the Lockdown Raiders podcast has really helped open up a lot of people's eyes and ears to who I am and what I could bring to the table. So if it's getting the job and headed to Vegas like I did back in 2021, or if it's now being on ESPN full time, not part time, but now full time, Monday through Friday, it's just been an incredible ride. And again, this podcast and the, the the support from you, Raider Nation, the support from the network has been incredible and has helped me arrive where I'm at. So getting ready to start another chapter in my, uh, in my professional career, which is just, uh, like I said, it's just such a, a blessing. But let's go ahead and jump into the Raiders news. Off top, they made a practice squad move, uh, and they're going to do this, right? There's going to be, well, actually, throughout the course of the year, there's going to be a lot of practice squad moves. You'll see depending on what the situation looks like on the 53-man roster, who's healthy, who's not healthy, you might see the team go out and make some tweaks here and there. The 53 man roster will get settled pretty quick, fast, and hurry. It's pretty much where it needs to be right now, but the practice squad Will continue to be kind of in flux. So on Monday, the Raiders signed Jaronis Grasu back to the practice squad. Uh, if you remember, they were, they waived him when uh, when the cutdowns came on Tuesday when they had to get from 90 men to 53, they waived him and they didn't put him back onto the practice squad. So now he's on the practice squad and in a corresponding move, they re- they released uh, Vitaly Gurman, who was another offensive lineman a guard that they uh, that they actually had waived and then put back onto the practice squad and now they've gone ahead and released him. So center Heronis Grasu is back on the roster and Vitaly Gurman is no longer on the roster. I wanted to go over... Uh, A couple Sean Payton quotes from Monday as he's preparing for his first game as a Denver Broncos head coach, and the Broncos wanted the Raiders. That's something that they talked about quite a bit. They lobbied with the NFL to get the, the Raiders at home. Uh, obviously the the Raiders have had a lot of success as of late against the Broncos winning what six in a row against Denver I mean yeah they've they've been pretty successful against uh, the Broncos and so I'm sure Sean Payton and company wants to snap that but there's a couple quotes that I wanted to go ahead and and read to you from what Sean Payton had to say on Monday during his press conference and the first one is on if he places an extra emphasis on rivalry games and he said and I quote we look at them as divisional games I think of rivalries as college football and then arch rivalries as, I was asked that question a lot relative to Atlanta and New Orleans. Divisional games are important. The first goal is to find a way to win your division. You play your divisional opponents twice. I can't speak for rivalries. I just think that exists a little bit more in collegiate game. And I think division games are important, yes. And that is end quote right there from Sean Payton on Monday. And I understand totally what he's coming from. And, you know, we all, as fans, want to talk about rivalry games and this, that, and the other. But the rivalries really, I don't think, exist like they used to. I'm kind of with Sean Payton on this one. They don't really exist like they used to in the NFL, right? I mean, free agency has done that. Uh, You see guys, uh, you know, chopping it up after the game and, like, it's not really a big deal. Now, there's still, you know, there's still a little something-something to them, but it's not like it used to be. Right, it's not like even when Lincoln Kennedy, who'll be a guest on my radio show today on Unnecessary Roughness Radio, Nation, Radio 920, when Lincoln Kennedy played for the Raiders and they were going against the Broncos. I mean, that was a rivalry, rivalry. Like Lincoln will tell you when I talked to him today that he still hates the Broncos. Like that rivalry runs deep in him, and a lot of the old-time players that I talked to, they still have that burn in their belly. But it's just a little bit different now. And I think Sean Payton's right. More of the rivalries is the co- college game as opposed to the NFL. So that was just the the question about the rivalry games. How about on how he will game plan for Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, who's had a ton of success against the Broncos. And I've even asked Josh Jacobs about it. He said, man, it's just something about those uniforms, something about. So it's funny, going back to the rivalry games, Josh Jacobs almost gets up a little bit more for that rivalry game against the Denver Broncos. But uh, again, I still kind of feel like the rivalry is not quite what it used to be. But here's Sean Payton on how he'll game plan for Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. He said, and I quote, we wouldn't tailor our plan. Our plan defensively is here are the key players. He certainly is one of the more dominant running backs in the NFL. So that's how we'll approach the game, end quote, from Sean Payton. So short and sweet to the point. He's not going to change the game plan to try to slow down Josh Jacobs, but he knows the key players that he has to try to slow down. Devontae Adams is obviously one of them. Josh Jacobs is another one. I believe that uh, Hunter Renfro is going to be another one. Jacoby Myers, offensively. I mean, the Raiders have a ton of guys offensively that the Denver Broncos are going to have to try to slow down. Obviously, defensively, they're going to be looking out for number 98. Max Crosby, where is Max at? You know, and then even with number 24, you know, be careful when you throw the ball towards Marcus Peters because he could take it the other way. The Raiders have not been a threat to take the ball the other way, uh, you know, for some time now. But that guy, number 24, he can get his hands on the ball and take it the other way. So there's there be certain key guys that uh, that I'm sure Sean Payton will plan for. And I'm sure they'll have a number. They'll they'll be looking out for number nine. I don't know how much number nine is going to play Tyree Wilson, but I'm sure they'll be paying attention. They saw, they saw him against the Cowboys. They know how strong and powerful he could be. So I'm sure that they're trying to make sure uh, that that offensive line is very aware of when number nine is out there, just in case all of a sudden he starts to figure things out. So there he is on game plan for Josh Jacobs, really not going to do anything different. just, Worry about the key players that the Raiders have. Finally, on what makes Raiders' defensive end, Max Crosby so difficult to stop for an offense. And Sean Payton says he's really flexible. He's a tremendous worker, athletic. He got one of those motors that don't stop, and he can get to the edge quickly. His ability to bend and his stamina are things that stand out, and that's about Max Crosby, and and I I don't think that he's wrong on that, right? I think that he recognizes how good Max Crosby is and the fact that his motor just does not slow down at all. just goes, 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 and goes. Now, how do they slow that down with their offensive line? Who knows, but it's going to be something. I know Max is ready for Sunday. I know the Raider Nation is ready to see Max Crosby on Sunday go out there and perform at a high level, and I do believe he will perform. At a high level, he's just one of those guys that I think is going to get better, better, better. And I'm really interested to see how Patrick Graham uses him this year. As I've heard that we're going to see a few different looks with Max Crosby and really other guys along that defensive line. They're going to have a few different looks as opposed to what they've had in the past. So uh, there you go. Just some some little quotes from uh, Sean Payton as he's preparing for the Raiders on Sunday and the Raiders are preparing for uh, the Broncos on Sunday. My final little soundbite that I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. This actually comes from Good Morning Football. Kyle Brandt was on Good Morning Football on NFL Network and uh, they were making their picks. They were going through MVP, they were going through Defensive Player of the Year, uh, you know, Offensive Player of the Year, this, that, and the other. And he got to Defensive Rookie of the Year and this is who he selected. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Tyree Wilson from the Las Vegas Raiders. He did not go to Arizona at three. He went to the Raiders at seven. We know about Crosby on the other side. Here he was in the preseason just showing up and pushing a 350 pounder into the 20th row guys look out he was he was paid drafted and employed to chase Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to have double-digit sacks and then some. Mm, I love this double guy. Double-digit sacks. Tyree Wilson of the Las Vegas Raiders, my defensive rookie of the love year. love it. The Raiders. There you go. He selected Tyree Wilson, defensive rookie of the year for the Silver and Black. And I'll tell you this. I would love to see Tyree Wilson get defensive player of the year, or defensive uh, rookie of the year, I should say. I just don't know how much he's going to be out there, right? I just I feel like that the Raiders are really going to kind of slow play him unless all of a sudden he goes out there on Sunday and plays 30, 35 snaps and he looks great. And then, you know, his his stamina is up and his legs are feeling fine, his feet are feeling fine. If that's the case, then of course they're going to continue to increase his his workload, but I just don't know if he's going to have the workload to be able to be the defensive rookie of the year. I would love to see it, right? I really would. I feel like it's probably going to end up being I don't know. I I will keep wanting to say a corner. I actually picked uh, Emmanuel Forbes, as everyone who listens to the show for a long time knows that I'm a big Emmanuel Forbes guy. Washington selecting him in the first round. I think it's going to be a guy similar to Sauce Gardner last year that had a bunch of interceptions. Right, just those those big time plays. Now, if there's a if the, if he goes and gets or any edge rusher goes and gets double digit sacks, I could see him being that guy as well. But I just feel like that those interceptions they stand out so much that it gives a person an opportunity to be that defensive rookie of the year. But Kyle Brandt, believes that Tyree Wilson's going to get it, so I thought I'd pass that along. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, ESPN gave an NFL team's preview for 2023, predictions, sleepers, and depth charts. We'll just focus on the AFC West. Find out where the Chiefs, where the Broncos, where the Chargers and the Raiders are all at. We'll do that after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, well, they make you look good. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog's fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry, All day long. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion. You wanna go golfing, you wanna go out on a date, you wanna go in the evening out in the town. Or maybe you're going to sit poolside, like when I was in Hawaii, or if you're going to go work out. Whatever the case may be, any occasion, you can see that they vary from a bunch of different events. They all work out just fine. So there you go, Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter the promo code LockedOnNFL at checkout for free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you.
1: Every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the ESPN rankings for the AFC West. They have a piece out. NFL teams preview 2023 predictions, sleepers, and depth charts. And this is something that I was able to read while I was on my multiple plane trips on Monday, headed from Las Vegas to Bristol, Connecticut. And so, had plenty of time to go over the whole NFL. Uh, But obviously, here on the show, we're only going to go over the AFC West. So, how does ESPN have all four teams ranked In the AFC West. Well, I'll just go over the rankings real quick, let you know where they have them slotted in in the NFL and the AFC West, and then we'll talk about it. So at the number one, Kansas City Chiefs. And they had them number one in the NFL. Number seven in that was the LA Chargers, number two in the AFC West. At number fourteen, they had the Denver Broncos, third in the AFC West. And then at twenty-fifth, they had the Las Vegas Raiders, fourth in the AFC West, still sliding way under the radar at twenty-five. So only a handful of teams they have ranked worse than the Las Vegas Raiders. So let's go ahead and go over these uh, what they had to say about them. And what it is is writers that cover the team, what they had to say about it, and just their their thoughts, like the strengths and the weaknesses of their respective teams. So real quick, ESPN's, FPIs, chances to win. AFC West for the Chiefs, 56%. Chances to make the playoffs, 77%. Projected wins, 10.6. Strength of schedule, second hardest. What do the Chiefs do best? According to Adam Teicher, who covers the Chiefs, score points. There's no doubt about it. What's the Chiefs' biggest weakness? The pass rush, especially with Chris Jones still holding out. And then Charles Amenihue has been suspended for uh, six games from the beginning of the season because of the league's personal conduct policy. Now that's not going to affect the Raiders as the Raiders don't play the Chiefs till way later in the season, almost the very end of the season. So uh, Amenehu will already be back from suspension. I'm sure by then Chris Jones and the Chiefs will have something worked out. But the pass rush is the biggest weakness right now for Kansas City, in which I think that could help teams beat Kansas City, especially early on, making Patrick Mahomes have to score score, 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 score. Now they're good at scoring, but you don't always want to have to win in a shootout. So I'm not saying that they're all of a sudden they got this big hole in their team and they're not going to be very good. But if there is a weakness right there to look at for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the fact that the pass rush is not there right now. And who knows when Chris Jones actually reports and comes to an agreement with the Chiefs on a contract extension. So at number seven and second in the AFC West is the Chargers. I always have a hard time putting the Chargers second in the AFC West because they every time you put them up there you feel like that they're going to be that team, they always end up disappointing you, right? And I don't mean disappointing me, but it just seems like they never really accomplished anything, but yet they always get the love like they're accomplishing everything. So at number seven and second in the AFC West, they have the Chargers. ESPN, FBI's chances to win the AFC West, 27%. Chances to make the playoffs, 52%. Projected wins, 94 Strength of schedule, seventh hardest. What do the Chargers do best? This is according to to Lindsey Theory. She said, "Throw the ball." It's apparent that the offense is at its best when enabling quarterback Justin Herbert to utilize his arm strength to throw downfield to any of his playmakers. So uh, you know that they uh, have plenty of offensive uh, playmakers, right? They have Mike Williams, they have Keelan Allen. Uh, They brought in uh, Quentin Johnston as the rookie or or first-round draft pick, wide receiver out of TCU. Uh, But I think more importantly, they brought in Kellen Moore to be the offensive coordinator, and he's a guy that's going to run the ball around the yard. Now he's probably going to run the or throw the ball. Uh, he'll throw the ball around the yard more to more than he will like say to, to run the ball, to set up the pass. He'll, he'll throw the ball to set up the run, if anything. So he's really going to be one of those guys that the, the balls is going to be in the air quite a bit. And his biggest thing is they say they want Justin Herbert to throw the ball down the field. So I think that the offense will probably be pretty good, but Brandon Staley in that defense, I still question. Remember they invested so much money on the defensive side of things and it just hadn't worked out. So Lindsey says, what is the Chargers' biggest weakness? Uncertainty at running back and tight end. Running back Austin Eckler is the established starter, but it's unclear if Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller have made enough progress in their development to provide Eckler a breath and be uh, relied on to shoulder some load. At tight end, where the Chargers opted not to add depth in the draft, Gerald Everett will be dependent on as a starter, with Donald Parham Jr. behind him. So, she didn't say anything about the defense. I think that their biggest weakness is their defense. Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach. They went out and made the move for Khalil Mack. Uh, of course, they have uh, Derwin James on the back end. J.C. Jackson they spent a bunch of money on. They added guys on in the interior part of the defensive line and running the ball against the Chargers a season ago was still not a problem. So I think that the Chargers' biggest weakness is the defense, but ESPN believes it is the running back position and the tight end position. So we'll see about that. Then at number 14, third in the AFC West, they have the Denver Broncos. ESPN's FBI's chances to win AFC West, 14%. Chances to make the playoffs, 33%. Projected wins, 8.4. Strength of schedule, 8th eight, hardest. What do the Broncos do best? This is according to Jeff Legwold. Rush the passer. The Broncos need Randy Gregory to have a full productive season of work. He's never played more than 14 games in any season. And for Frank Clark to muster some of his postseason mojo into the regular season. So apparently their best asset on their team is... Rushing the passer. So that'll be a test to the Raiders' offensive line if they can slow down the pass rush. And I know from covering the Cowboys for a long time, Randy Gregory never has a full season. A lot of times it was because of suspension. A lot of times it was because of injury as well. So uh, that's one thing to to pay attention to to see what that Denver Broncos uh, pass rush looks like. We know that they have a really good defense. Uh, obviously, they have new coaches in, in place, new offensive and, and defensive coaches. But I uh, still have to think that the strength of their team will be their defense. What is the Broncos' biggest weakness? Depth. The Broncos dealing five first or second third round picks and six picks overall in the past 2 years for a trade for Russell Wilson and Coach Sean Payton has his team thin in plenty of spots. The reserves, the second and third teams have not held their own in preseason games or joint practices with the Rams. If injuries start to pile up, the Broncos could have a problem. That is their biggest weakness is their lack of depth and they traded a bunch of their picks, right? Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson's got to be better this year. That's why they brought in Coach Sean Payton, and then they had to trade for Payton. So uh, we'll see. I don't I don't understand, and I know that – and I, I believe that Sean Payton is going to make the Broncos better. I just don't see how they're better immediately. I really don't. I don't think that they've really addressed their team to be that much better. And, and, and look, 8.4 wins isn't great, right? That's not a great projection, but – just to go from where they were at five wins in 2022 to 8.4 because you add Sean Payton to me oh uh, that's a tough that's a tough sell for me but of course the Broncos each and every year get all that love so the Broncos they have them at number three and of course that means they have the Raiders pulling up the rear and at 25 in the NFL and I guess I shouldn't be that many that surprised but it just you know to me I guess just saying it out loud is a little surprising 25 they have the Raiders listed at ESPN's FBI's chances to win the AFC West only 4%. Chances to make the playoffs, only 11%. And projected wins, 6.8. Strength schedule, fourth heart hardest. What do the Raiders do the best? This is according to Paul Gutierrez, run the ball. Jacobs, who led last season led the NFL in rushing with 1,653 yards from scrimmage, uh, 2,053 yards and touches 393, did not report to the Raiders due to a contract dispute until training camp and the exhibition season was over. How fine is that line between rest and rust? As Jacobs puts put it after his first practice since January physically, I ain't missed a step. That would that would say good that was signal good things for the Raiders on the ground. Again, that's from Paul Gutierrez. Do What the Raiders do the best, run the ball. What is the Raiders' biggest weakness? Takeaways. The Raiders were last in the league with 13 takeaways last season, including an NFL low six interceptions. We've gone over this story a bunch of times when it comes to turnovers and come to weaknesses. And and that's has been the Raiders' weakness. And I do think that's why, as I talked about it on Monday, about the Raiders flying under the radar and that they will surprise some people as opposed to disappoint people is because I think that that single aspect of the defense is going to be better. I I think that they are going to create more turnovers than the 13 takeaways they had a season ago. I think the t- turnover should be somewhere around 25 to almost 30. And I, like I said many times, have said 20 should be interceptions. They only had six interceptions last year. They probably won't hit that goal of 20 interceptions, but it should be a number that they should be aiming for. And they should be up in you know the 20-25 range as far as turnovers, at least at the very least. The really good teams find ways to muster turnovers. So uh, I like it that again. Everyone and everyone has the Raiders, a bad team, 6.8 wins, six wins, seven wins, five wins. Like everyone's expecting them to be that. And I think that's a perfect place to be. Remember in 2022, the expectation for the Raiders, including for myself, were sky high. I had them at a 10 plus team, 10 plus win team going to the playoffs. No doubt about it. They got better than their playoff team. They're going to, they're going to do it. And and they weren't able to, I think that there's going to be a lot more continuity, a lot more understanding including from the head coach Josh McDaniels on exactly what he wants and how to execute what he wants with the players that he has in place. And I know all the players are not the same. There's a lot of new faces on this team, but a lot of familiarity with what Coach McDaniels wants to do, and I think that's going to go a long way. And smarter players on defense can execute what Patrick Graham wants to do, and that's going to help the the team in a major way. But there you go. That was just the, the wrap-up of the ESPN rankings of the AFC West. Again, the Chiefs at number one. Uh, number one overall in the NFL, the Chargers number seven and second in the AFC West, the Broncos at 14 in the NFL and uh, third in the AFC West and the Raiders pulling up the rear 25th in the NFL and fourth in the AFC West. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. We'll get to that right after I tell you about our good friends at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can find it, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and a whole lot more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text you that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's get in a call from King Raider from Compton, Cali. He's calling to talk about the week one matchup versus the Broncos and why he's excited about that and what he wants to see from rookie Tyree Wilson. Here he is, King Raider from Compton, Cali.
1: Hey, what's up, Q? It's your boy, King rare out here in Compton, Cali. Man, it's finally here. It's game week. We got NFL football, man. The Raiders. We get to go up against these donkeys. <laughs> That's who we are, Q. They're the Denver donkeys. Yeah, we're going to ride them donkeys all up and down the field. Because J.J. resigned. That's a donkey killer right there. It him being on the field, it gives me so much more confidence that we're going to go out there and just give them a beatdown. He always, always goes out there and just performs against the donkeys, man. He's going to run it down their throat, short passes with Jimmy G. And uh, as a defense, like I was saying on, last time I hit you up, plays with that effort they've been playing on preseason. Man, we're going to terrorize these guys all over again. Like, come on, we own these guys. I'm excited. I'm excited for his first game. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Tyree Wilson get some get some reps in. You know, we've seen him drive the <laughs> in the preseason. We've seen that we seen him drive that big old O line man into the quarterback's lap. All he's got to do is finish, man. Get off the O line man and get to the quarterback, and man, he's gonna be something. I'm ready to. I'm, I want it to be Sunday already. I want to watch these guys play. I want to see them take down the donkeys. Congrats on on your new endeavors, man. You, you just keep on growing, man. It's just like just like the nation grows, you grow, man. You're doing your thing, man. It's game week for your nation. Let's go, just win, baby.
0: Thank you so much for the call, my man. And having Josh Jacobs back is huge, right? He's a major part of the Raiders' success against Denver and against everyone in the league, but really against the Denver Broncos. Uh, so it's it's not going to be a walk in the park. I know that the Raiders have had a ton of success. I think the Broncos are going to be better. Sean Payton is going to get them where they need to be, or at least you know feels like he's going to get them where they need to be, and they're they're more I mean, they're, they're more of a threat with Sean Payton as the head coach. But I just don't think that they could turn it around that quickly. So I think that the Raiders should win this game on Sunday. Uh, but shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? They got to go out there and do it. As far as Tyree, uh, you know, it's definitely going to. Uh, Depend on how many snaps he plays, right? I mean, if you think about what he did against Dallas, he played, what, 14 snaps total? So if he can get anywhere from 20 to 30 snaps on Sunday against the Broncos, I think that that's a win. I think the Raiders are going to continue to ramp him up and ramp him up and get him more snaps, more snaps, more snaps as the season goes along, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks. So I think Tyree Wilson could be a really good player. You know, Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football, as you heard in segment number one, picked him to be rookie of the year, uh, defensive rookie of the year. I just think it's all about how many how many shots at it he gets how many snaps does he get throughout the regular season throughout the course of a game that's going to determine how good he's going to be but thanks so much for that call I do appreciate you up next got a text from Raider Nation T it says hey Q this is Raider Nation T representing Milwaukee Milltown I'm new to your podcast for the past four months and you are the best look forward to your uh, analysis every day keep it up however I'm curious to know about the India Ari and Erica B- B- Badu albums frames hanging in your background I love both albums and artists did you do some production on them or what Raider Nation for life that's from Raider Nation T thanks so much for that it's funny that I read that and I'm in Bristol and so I'm not in the home studios and no I was a music director. Uh, in Fresno, California, Q97, the radio station, the Q97, I was music director. So uh, they used to give out platinum plaques all the time when artists went platinum. So I have a bunch of different uh, plaques on my walls. I have India Ari, I have Erica Badu, I've got an Akon plaque somewhere uh, over, over across the, the way in my studio. I've got a High Five uh, platinum plaque and everything. So yeah, just that's what it was back in the day. They gave out those things. They don't do them so much anymore. Uh, but when I was in music radio, that was one of those. Yeah, you got to have those. So I'm always going to hold on to them and definitely want to keep them in my studio but uh, thanks for noticing that that's cool so obviously you're checking us out on YouTube so shout out to my man Ari you can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Produces up next got a call from Vader Raider in the 303 he's calling to talk about the season and what he's looking for and he believes the Raiders should win game 7 in a row versus Denver here he is Vader Raider in 303 Q Raider Nation your boy Vader Raider
2: just wanted to uh, give a shout out to you Q uh, for 5 years of being on the podcast um I, yeah, I, I've, I've been here all five years, and uh, I gotta say it's been uh, it's it's been great. You know the the, the content, uh, taking us to Vegas with you, you know everything that you've done for this pod, it's been incredible. And for someone who's been riding with you since the beginning, just wanted to say thank you. Um, as far as the Raiders go, uh, I'm glad that uh, Josh is back in the fold. Um, I don't think there was any doubt he was going to be. I know there's a lot of doubters and haters out there. You know, I'm just kind of hoping that when you know every on on uh, September 10th that we get the ball rolling uh, against Denver. Um, I don't see any reason why we can't get our seventh win in a row against that team. Because quite honestly, I don't. I don't see it. I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of speaking out. And everybody's thinking it. And even here in Denver, I think they kind of think it too. There's a lot of question marks for that team. So hopefully we can get off to a 1-0, and hopefully. And, uh, you know, everybody can have a nice, rounded-out day. I just want to say in fantasy football, I was able to draft Josh and Devontae. So please, <laughs> let's get off to a good start. Um, yeah, um, Q, you know, it's it's been a great ride, and uh, I look forward to more years of uh, riding with you on the podcast. Um, just a little footnote, uh, my own little personal story. I do remember that day uh, five years ago, and I honestly thought the world had fallen apart because I knew the team wasn't going to have a good season, but I thought everything had just fallen apart. And you know, just the fact that they traded Khalil, it, I just. I figured, hell, our defense ain't going to be worth a worth a, worth a nickel anyway after he was gone. And then, by the grace of God, um, the football gods blessed us with Max Crosby. So um, a lot of people say they take Khalil Mack back in a heartbeat. I'm not one of those people because I am just fine with Max Crosby. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, Raider Nation, hope you have a, uh, a good week. Um, let's get this thing started. Let's, let's let's get let's get in the W column early because, you know, it'd be nice to kick these guys in their
0: behinds again for the seventh in a row. All right, Raider Nation. Vader Raider, out. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate the love of the show. I appreciate you. It's been a fun five years. It's been a hell of a ride, right? Plenty of ups and downs for sure. Um, I think the Raiders should get the win on Sunday. I do. I think they're a better team. and It's just that simple. Uh, getting off to a positive start would be great. You know what they've been working for training camp preseason and everything it pays off with a win week one I think that's a great way to get things started I think that that would go a long way for this team but the, all in all I believe that they're the better team just it's just that simple like you could break things down and say this all oh, this this element of the team is better and this is where they're going to exploit this thing I just think the Raiders are a better team than Denver and I think that they'll show that and should show that on Sunday so thanks so much for the call I do appreciate you. Up next, got a uh, text from Cash Money Raider. Uh, It's a pretty lengthy text here. He says, Q, I was listening to you on the phone just before the Raiders signed Jimmy G, and I was uh, wondering if you faked your voice because a lot of people don't, a.k.a. Marv Albert, and you do, or don't fit your voice. I don't know what that means. Anyway, he goes on to say, but I wanted to say – How is How everyone says how Al Davis picked his players. Yeah, he loves speed, but what no one says that he loves size. Because if you think of the best players he had were big for their position. He would draft a lineman and turn him into a Hall of Fame tight end, Dave Casper. A linebacker, make him a Pro Bowl safety, Jack Tatum. Or a defensive lineman and put him at linebacker, Matt Millen. Not trying to turn safeties into linebackers. You can't teach speed. It's also true. You can't teach size. If you look at all the teams that have been doing good lately, they follow what Al did. They have big linemen and linebackers because they wear you down. And then your fast guys seem faster in the fourth quarter. Uh, And I want to thank you for reading my text on your podcast. I didn't know it was mine until you were about halfway through. You were about halfway through, and I had to let my sons know because I made them be Raider fans, and they hate me for it because they haven't won a Super Bowl since they've been living. But hate might be a bit much. Uh, but I did let them know that the last time that the Raiders signed a quarterback that they got from the Niners and was drafted by New England, and they trade a quarterback and a tight end that were Pro Bowlers that were fan favorites, and the coach was new, we won two Super Bowls within four years. So we have a chance. So there you go. Cash money, Raider. Lots of stuff to unpack right there. And yeah, I mean,. You know, we always talk about what Al Davis used to love as far as speed and size, and I remember when the Raiders drafted, what, was it Bruce Campbell? Uh, because he was the fastest uh, big man, <laughs> right? He was big, he could lift, he was strong, and he was fast for a big man, right? And so, yeah, I mean, we talk about speed and size a lot. A lot of the, the linebacker thing, and I know that we had the conversation on the show about Matt Millen when he was saying that he didn't really like the size of the Raider linebackers. I know... Linebackers nowadays aren't the 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 big thumpers that they used to be, but you still need to have a little bit of size. Like I thought, what Matt said was very valid about you know guys not needing a little bit of lead in their drawers, <laughs> right, to be able to hold their own when uh, when these uh, opposing teams come running downhill. But the game has just changed to where you know safeties can play linebackers now, like a Divine Diablo. Now he's gotten a little bit bigger, but to to your point, it's pretty much. You know, I mean, these guys are, are a lot smaller than what they used to be. And they're not the traditional, you know, neck roll guys and and thumpers, downhill thumpers. Now they're guys that can, that can run in space and, and, and keep up with the tight end, especially like a guy like Travis Kelsey. And unfortunately for the Raiders, that's been the one guy they haven't been able to defend. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I like the makeup of this team. Uh, the linebacker position is the one that I'm still a little concerned about, but we'll see how it shakes out as everything goes along. But thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you. Finally, got a call from Vegas Austin. He's calling to speak on the season and ask a question about running back Josh Jacobs. Here he is, Vegas Austin. What's up, Q? Vegas Austin. It's been a minute. I haven't called in all off season, but I want you to know I'm still listening. I've been listening the um, past few months. And to keep it short, I'm hyped for the season. Like you, I feel good about a lot of what I've heard. Um, I, I really feel confident about Aiden, and even heard great things about Jimmy G, so
2: I think a lot of sports media are counting him out, and counting the Raiders out, so just wanted to
0: share some positive vibes. One thing I wanted to get your thoughts on is I was lucky enough to snag a signed Josh Jacobs jersey. He did a signing out here in Vegas, and I got the old 28, and I'm wondering if you think that's a little more valuable or less now that he's rocking number eight. I see it like Kobe at eight, but wondering, wondering what you think there, but... Hype for the season. Thanks for the podcast. Go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And I got a really good feel about the team, right? The way that I've seen it come together so far. It has to translate during the regular season, right? I mean, it's, it's it doesn't matter what I've seen in preseason or training camp. It's got to translate. But I just feel good about the makeup of the team based off what I've seen, you know. So I'm pretty hyped to see what it actually looks like in regular season action. And obviously, that's going to start on Sunday. As far as the Jacobs jersey, I mean, you never know. If he ends up in the Hall of Fame, maybe it's a Kobe-like situation. I don't know. But, you know, uh, you know, it's... Just enjoy your jersey. Enjoy the, the, the signature on it. Um, I, I've been at those events that Josh Jacobs has done in, in Vegas where he signed the autographs and he stayed late. Right, He was supposed to leave at a certain time, only signed a certain amount, and he stayed to make sure everybody – uh, got their their signature, so I say that to say just enjoy it. I don't know what it's going to be worth at the end of the day, but just enjoy the fact that you know one of your favorite players from the Silver and Black made sure to stick around that certain location. I think it was the car dealership, and make sure everybody got their autographs from him. So I, I thought that was really cool. I've been lucky enough to and blessed enough to be on site for both of those events when he's had them here in Las Vegas. So thanks for that call, my man. I do appreciate you, and again we'll continue to to start really deep diving into the Raiders and Denver Broncos. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. Of course, again, I'm still coming here live from Bristol. I'll be here till Friday morning. Then I'll head back to Vegas, do my local radio show from Buffalo Wild Wings. And, yeah, it's on and popping, heading into the weekend, getting ready for the Denver Broncos week one. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.